Today's Five Clubs podcast is brought to you by Golf Pride. Golf Pride knows that a grip isn't only a grip. It's the one piece of equipment in your hands on every single shot. You might not know it, but it has a huge impact on your game. In fact, Golf Pride recently conducted a first-of-its-kind study showing the impact of worn versus new grips. It showed that on average, a focus group of adept golfers gained an extra two yards of carry when they played with new grips. So what are you waiting for? Refresh your grips. Refresh your game. Visit GolfPride.com today to learn more. Golf Pride. Respect the grip. And with that, welcome to the Wagyu Filet Show. And uh, we certainly, Wags, have a lot to break down from an exciting weekend. Yeah, we certainly do. Uh, WM Phoenix Open, the Super Bowl. But Brendan, I got to start with this. We played golf last week. You told me you went on uh, our our buddy Jeff Eisenband's uh, podcast. And he, he found in his research, he found an interesting article on you from 2015 uh, Memorial, uh, they were doing sort of a, a player profile and you had played the President's Cup there in 13. And 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 you told me about this, which I, I'm really glad you did because this article has made my day. I'm just going to read a couple quotes. Uh, <laughs> in the what has he done section, it, the, the first line is, he has won a lot, almost. <laughs> I think alluding to the fact that you couldn't quite cross the finish line. Um, <laughs> He goes into some other stuff. What does he do well? And then this is my favorite part. What he doesn't do well. <laughs> for, <laughs> for a man of such heft, the six-foot de Jong is listed perhaps only a little generously at 230 pounds. He doesn't exactly bomb the ball off the tee. <laughs> what did you do to this guy? And then, you know, go ahead. When when I was telling, you know, when you're telling somebody something and as the words are coming out of your mouth, you're saying in your head, just shut up, shut up, stop talking, stop talking. When I was telling you about this article and, uh, well, that Jeff had brought this up, uh, I was saying to myself, just please don't tell Johnson, but it was too late. <laughs> and and this is, this is the tail end of this. He says, why is he worth watching? For starters, it's the way he looks. <laughs> De Jong is no schlub, but in general, his shape more resembles some of the male fans in his galleries than many of the sinewy athletic wisps on the PGA Tour. <laughs> you know, well, let, let me tell you how this all came about. So Jeff Eisenband, who we both know very well for from uh, PGA Tour Live, he's a fantastic host and he's a lovely guy. I really like Jeff. I liked him a lot more before we did this, but... Uh, <laughs> He uh, he sends me uh, sends me a note and he's like, "Hey, I've started this podcast called Eyes on Golf. It's a play on his name, E I S on Golf. E- yes, E I S." And uh, he's like, "Would you be willing to come on?" So I said, "Yeah, I'd love to." So Jeff, being the professional that he is, sends me this awesome rundown, and I read this rundown. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to leave this podcast looking like I'm a hell of a lot better player than I am. <laughs> I mean, it would goes into President's Cup and how well I played here and there and everywhere. And I'm 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 thrilled to do this this interview with Jeff. And right off the bat, he leads with that. And I'm just sitting there and my mouth's getting wider and wider. <laughs> Jeff, what happened to this rundown about where I was gonna be like this guy that was an unbelievable player, and now I'm this fat slob that's walking down the fairways at the memorial. 
<laughs> you got to break you, you got to break them down before you build them up, I guess. I guess so, but I have no idea what I did to this guy, but I obviously pissed him off at some point. And and to go a little bit deeper, so after this article, I did some research into this guy. And I found another article that he'd written about me that the the uh the headline was Dion treats caddy like dirt. <laughs> I've always viewed myself as like pretty even tempered on the golf course. I didn't get too up, too down. I didn't really yell at my caddies, but I guess at some point I threw my putter at the bag and it kind of bounced off and God forbid my caddy had to make three or four extra steps to pick up the putter. But this guy was watching me obviously. And that was the headline. De Jong treats caddy like dirt. <laughs> Uh, that is classic. I always thought of you as a, a bit of a caddy killer, especially, you know, you, you never blamed anything on yourself. You always put it on, uh, on D bear or Phil or whoever it was. Well, it was their fault most of the time. Uh, that is classic. All right. WM Phoenix open. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, WM <laughs> Phoenix open the incredible finish, Nick Taylor. But I think the story, Nick Taylor and Charlie Hoffman in that playoff was, was incredible. But I think the story of this week, is always the spectators, uh, the 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 fan interaction. I mean, they they've stopped counting attendance now for three years. By all, they they closed the gate on Saturday. That's the biggest day there. And by all accounts, there was over two hundred thousand spectators on that property, which is nuts. All clamoring to try to, to get into sixteen. There was a couple incidents this week. You have a little more uh, knowledge of of what went on, but uh, you know, talk to me about what you think about these fans. You know, I I'm kind of mixed on this one. I. We, we live at a time when it's kind of a game of one-upmanship, right? So you, you see these guys doing crazy stuff, and then the next year you know somebody's going to do something crazier. I I still don't mind it. Like you you accept it for that week. You, you know going into the week that it's going to be nuts. It's not going to be like anything else. But it does cross the line when it starts affecting golf shots. Like, you know, I, I don't mind these guys doing crazy things as opposed to a guy yelling in someone's backswing where they're actually trying to create a, a, a difference in the golf shot. Yeah. And I, I mean, it was an interesting Saturday cause they were finishing up the second round and there was that big gap in action, especially around the 16th hole. Uh, I think, uh, Smiley Kaufman and Kevin Kisner had a little setup there on 16 and, and they were throwing footballs into the crowd and riling people up. And there's one video of a streaker coming out and kind of trying to do some sort of handspring flip into the front bunker, which yeah. in the video, it looked like he broke his neck. Uh, Smiley apparently had to get in there and rake the bunker, but upwards of maybe six, eight streakers. They weren't really full streakers. They were still wearing some clothes yeah. on Saturday alone. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's it's gotten a little bit out of hand. I mean, the guy last year was pretty incredible when he he was juking out the security guards and then ran all the way down the seventeenth hole, uh, but and jumped in the pond. But I mean, they had to stop serving alcohol pretty early in the yeah. day Saturday. I mean, they open these gates early. The everybody runs over to sixteen. It, it's it's great for a week. It personally, like back in the day, I loved it for a couple of years. Never really played well, and then the one year I played great, I had I had you know, not, not so good of experience. Did you, did you ever have any <laughs> interesting experiences with fans? Um, yeah, I did. I had a couple. I, um, I was playing pretty well one year and, uh, I was standing on a tee box and, and this wasn't a bunch of fans. It was probably five or six guys. And these guys broke out, out into song and they started singing. De Jong's got a hungry bum. And I guess I was kind of, 
sporting a bit of a wedgie at the time. <laughs> so I, I honestly, I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was really funny. Um, I never had anything where some guys were intentionally trying to trying to put me off. You know, it was listen. You get to sixteen, it's it's just it's loud. It's it's so loud that you're not going to hear one guy yelling over the rest. Typically, um, again, I think that's where we get into trouble is where guys are intentionally trying to trying to put someone off. I and I have no problem with um, with someone saying something personal to somebody walking down the fairway. I, I think it's just it's part of it. It's part of the week. I know uh, Zach Johnson obviously heard some comments about his Ryder Cup captaincy that he didn't take too kindly to. Actually, confronted a guy. Um, I don't think the guy ended up getting thrown out, but um, there was that. And then there was an instance where uh, Billy Horschel was actually standing up for another guy in his group. He was walking down the right side of the 15th fairway while one of the fans was yelling at uh, someone else hitting in Billy's group. And I, and I don't like that. Yeah, I, and I, I don't either. And 16's its own. 16's its own thing. I anything go anything and everything can go inside the Coliseum. Uh, my my problem is when it spills out. And back in 2012, uh, I played really well Thursday, Friday. Uh, I was in the third to last group on Saturday, and we get to the tenth green, and and obviously the the 16th is right next to it. I know you know that. Um, and there's the entrance to the public grandstand, this stairwell going up, and it, it we're the third to last group, so 16 is hopping at this point when we get to 10, and the stairwell is is packed with people trying to get in, uh, and the shadows just so happen to be leaning over the tenth green, and I'm over my putt. People from this this staircase are screaming at me, putting shadow puppets over my ball. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of funny to talk about now, but while I'm trying to putt, trying to remain in contention in this golf tournament, and then get to eleven t, which is the hardest tee shot on that golf course and they're just mm -hmm. yelling at me while i'm pulling the club away i think i probably sniped it into the water uh and made double there and basically ended my chances and I, it's it's fine it just it's gotten to the point where there's so many people there's over two hundred thousand people on the golf course only twenty thousand can get into the yeah. coliseum and most of that's corporate hospitality and so it spills over everybody thinks that oh this is what you do at the phoenix open we're just going to yell at people all over the place and and it for me I wish I had, I, I kind of quit playing there and I had a few opportunities to go back and I, I didn't take it. I would love to go back and play it again because looking at the way they've built out 17 and 18, mm -hmm. it is such a wild scene. It looks incredible on TV. And when you look at a guy like Nick Taylor, the way he made those three putts in a row on 18 in the regulation and then both playoff holes, the amount of people around and the vibe, like I'm getting chills just thinking about what that experience had to be like for him. Yeah, it is. They, they've, um, I mean, they've made it bigger and better as, as far as that goes, as you said, that build out on 17 and 18 looks absolutely amazing now. Um, yeah. You know, I was watching even on the front nine that the, the amount of people that have spilled out onto the front nine number four was like a mini number 16. And they started booing people when they missed the green on four as well. So it's, you know, it's, 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 where, where is the line? That, that is the thing that does kind of worry me a little bit. You know, as I, as I said at the start of the segment, we are in a time of one upmanship. And where is the line? Is, is it going to take somebody getting seriously hurt or something really, really bad happening before we start kind of maybe just bringing things back a little bit? Well, I mean, a couple of years ago when Sam Ryder made that hole in one, I think they still had, 
aluminum beer cans yeah. and, and they were all getting chucked out. I mean, that's, if you had a full can of beer sure. and it hit you as you're walking, like that could seriously hurt you. I know they've stopped. I think everything's now in plastic cups, so that's not much of an issue, but I mean, what's to stop somebody from running out and tackling a player or even you know, shiving them or something? I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it is scary. There's no amount of security that can, that can handle a, a mass like that. No, it, it is. It's impossible for those guys, and, and they do the best they can. But as you say, it happened last year with that guy taking off down 17. Security couldn't get him. Obviously, this guy that's doing snow angels in the bunker on 16, they, they couldn't get that guy. So, yes, if if a group of guys really want to get out of the crowd and onto the golf course and they don't care about the consequences, they're going to do it. There, there is no way that security can stop those guys from getting out there. Uh, so, Phoenix Open – is always Sunday of the Super Bowl. Clearly, that was going on last night. Chiefs versus the 49ers. Uh, I think having all the delays they had, usually that tournament ends right before the Super Bowl goes. I, I had two TVs going, fortunately, so I was watching both. I, I don't know if everybody has the luxury of moving TVs around. I think it's been made easier with streaming uh, that you can get get multiple things going at once. But um, I thought the finish of the Phoenix open was enthralling I, to the point in the start of the Super Bowl wasn't very exciting. I mean, it was yeah. such a low scoring game early that I, I was listening to the Phoenix open and having the playoff with Charlie Hoffman, who by the way, had a terrible year last year, took a top 50 career earnings. Take a guess. Can you take a guess how much Charlie Hoffman has made in his career on the PGA tour? Oh, I'm going to guess Charlie's been out there a long time. He's got to be 40 million, maybe somewhere in that range. That's a good guess. 34, Point four five million dollars. Charlie Hoffman's made four-time winner on the PGA Tour. He's served two different uh, stints on the PGA Tour policy board. Just coming off January first, and I think given I know we were on the board together for three years, kind of leading into COVID and during COVID, and then Charlie had, with one year off came right back on the board. Now he's dealing with all this live stuff. I think being off the board and not having all the questions by players all the time is probably going to help his golf game, and it kind of proved to do so this week in Phoenix. Yeah, he, he certainly turned back the clock a little bit. Um, you know, Charlie's one of those guys that I always thought Charlie would play well late into his into his 40s, get close to 50. He's always been very, very strong, never struggled to hit the ball a long way. Um, has dealt with a couple back injuries as well as dealing with uh, with all the stuff on that policy board. So it's nice to see Charlie playing really well. And uh, man, he, he was so close to winning that tournament. I thought Nick Taylor's putt in regulation there was just going to miss off to the right, uh, caught the right side of the hole. But uh, yeah, the, uh, the the finish to the golf tournament was a lot more enthralling than the first quarter of that uh, the Super Bowl that we had going on last night. And, and the way Charlie finished in regulation, but then in the playoff, Nick Taylor on the first playoff hole made the birdie putt. Crowd's going crazy. Charlie settles himself down and tops it right on top of him from about 10 feet, kind of a left to right breaking putt, not the easiest putt on the golf course. Uh, I don't know if you noticed Charlie uh, waiting to go out for the see if there was a playoff. He had that venom back brace on. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Uh, yeah, I saw that. And, and I just, I th he's 47 years old. I yeah. mean, we're only 43. I, I just found it humorous on TV that he's got this vibrating, heating back brace on while he's going out to play a playoff, but smashed those tee shots down 18 both times. Uh, Charlie's been one of those guys that has worked really hard physically to uh, remain relevant with length. And, and it, it certainly has proved, proved well for him. Also, with that finish, moves into the Aeon Swing 5 yeah. and got a spot at the Genesis next week, which is massive. I mean, so many 
so many more FedEx Cup points. If you have a good finish in a signature event this year, uh, it really sets you up for success. Yeah, obviously the, the win would have been fantastic for him, given him that two-year exemption. Um, uh, but on the on the flip side of that, yes, he starts to get into some really big events now, and it, you cannot underestimate how much that's done for his confidence. It's been a long time since Charlie's been in, in contention in a golf tournament and deep into a golf tournament the way he was. Uh, unfortunately, his second loss in a playoff at that tournament now, lost to, to Kenny Perry all the way back in 2009. Um, but, you know, that tournament for Charlie's Waste Management or WM has been a huge sponsor of his for a long time. He's been sporting that green glove uh geez for as long as i can remember so uh to see him perform that well in front of a, what is a lot of friends and family and then sponsors was really cool to see it was that would have been an amazing experience for him i'm sure he's uh enjoying it and relishing it his family was there stacy and his kids i know our kids are similar ages so uh it, it's it was cool to see them out uh, supporting charlie uh nick taylor Second last year, it was a designated yeah. event last year, was in the final group with Rom and Scheffler. Uh, Nick lives in the Scottsdale area, and uh, he finished second last year, wins this year. I was looking to, in his tournament history before that, not very good. He had played it eight previous times going into last year, four missed cuts, best finish was a T49. What do you think changed with Nick in that golf course, and did you ha ever have an experience where you really struggled at a venue and then it all of a sudden it just kind of snapped into place for you? Yeah, that's that's actually a great question. Um, you know, sometimes you just you figure out how to play a golf course. You know, you go about it the same way over and over and over, and you don't get any results. Um, you just completely sort of start afresh and play the golf course in a very different way. Um, I was that way with uh, TPC, with um, the stadium course that we played for the players. And it took a conversation that I had with Nick Price to uh, really understand how to play that golf course. Um, I hated it. I hated the design of it. I felt very uncomfortable out there. And he said to me, he said, take whatever club you can hit off every tee to get you right around that 150-yard marker. He said, that is going to be the widest part of every fairway with Pete Dye golf courses. Nick's got a wonderful record around there. I think might have the tournament record. Um, so I was willing to listen to him. And then he, you know, he went deeper into it, explained how him and whoever was getting from it was squeaky at the time. He would stand on the front of the 17th green. He would walk back to front. Squeaky would stand on the left side and would walk left to right. And where they met, that was where they would try and land the ball to all four flags. He knew that if he made four threes there, he was never going to hurt himself in the tournament. So just little things like that, I think certainly help. And, you know, I don't know if Nick, Nick Taylor sought out the help of anybody to play that golf course or just, you know, figured out I need to try play it a, a different way or just got comfortable out there. Yeah, his speed was so good on the greens all week. His short yeah. game was excellent. I know ball in hand certainly makes uh, chipping a little bit easier when you're in the fairway, uh, but it was just a wonderful performance. All right, Super Bowl. I, I was on the Chiefs. The, of course, the whole, you I know you're a huge Taylor Swift fan. I'm for, not surprised at all. For, no, seriously, for, for the last two weeks, I was like, I'm not going to go against Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to go against Patrick Mahomes. And then right before the game, I decided to align myself with the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I did I did have heads in the coin toss. And then it was kind of basic. I had heads in the coin toss. I thought it was going to be high scoring. So I took the over yeah. uh, and I took the Niners. And it after the coin toss, it was just a, a downward spiral that kept hanging on to the over for so long, going to the new playoff, the new overtime format. I was like, ooh, if they both score touchdowns, then I can yeah. still possibly uh, have success here. But uh, 
you know, did you have any action on that game last night? I didn't. I left it completely alone. But you, you knew that that blocked extra point was gonna it was gonna come back to haunt them at some point. Um, I know even if if they'd made that, you wouldn't have covered. But uh, that that blocks extra point was always gonna play a big big uh, part of uh, the outcome of that game. Um, I, I thought the the first quarter was shocking. I thought the game from there actually picked up a lot. Thought the second half was really good. And uh, you know what, Mahomes, he just finds a way to get it done. It was with his legs this time. He's uh, he's a winner. He, he's a, he's a winner. And um, since uh, he sat his rookie year behind Alex Smith, and then he's made the AFC Championship game every year. Now played in four Super Bowls. The only two playoff losses he's had were once to Brady in the AFC Championship game and once to Brady in the Super Bowl as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Uh, I, I mean, it's obviously too early to put him in the conversation with Brady. But given what he's done so far, I mean, it has to be one of the, the greatest beginnings to a career ever. Oh, very much so. And they they played some stupid cartoon commercial where they showed Brady running down the track and handing over the Super Bowl as if it was a, a baton to to Mahomes. Um, and I think it is. It's uh, you know what? It, it doesn't matter how these guys performed in the regular season. It seems like as soon as these guys lace it up for the playoffs, they're going to perform and they're going to carry their team over the line, put them on their back however they have to and, and get those results. Yeah, I'm gonna have to remember. I'm gonna have to remember never go against Brady, and I. That's the same thing I was thinking about Mahomes, and I went against him, and and I, it, it it stung a little bit, but uh, I will be just fine because uh, my picks are doing pretty good on in golf this year. Not that I I would never wager on golf. I'm a professional golfer, but uh, uh, the occasional fun uh, FedEx Cup points race between you and me uh, going through the year so far, I have eight hundred and twenty eight point eight points. You have 468.8 FedEx Cup points. So uh, quite a lead I've built on you so far. Um, we know, are still I, on the West Coast. I like, think why, why are you adding these up now? Well, I just wanted to have some. I just, I just because I figured I had a big lead, and I'm going <laughs> to gloat about it while I still, I still can. Uh, interesting. Enough. You've been going to the Scotty Scheffler well quite a bit, which he had another solid performance this week. And when he birdied, he birdied four in a row starting Sunday and played really well finishing in the morning uh, in the third round. And he birdied two through five, four in a row starting out the fourth round. I thought, oh my gosh, he's going to win this thing by five shots. And then the putter again, Brendan, what's going on? I, I don't know, Wags, but it's it's bad. You know, he he's right there where he needs to be. Hits this beautiful four iron right into the middle of the green on 13. He's got 25, 30 feet right up the hill. One that you're probably thinking about making, leaves it four feet short, misses that, hits it just off the green on the right side on 14. Very, very basic chip shot. Doesn't get that up and down. Comes to 15, does the same thing. He's just off the green on the left side. Maybe should have used your strategy there of putting from way off the green. But anyway, chips that one four feet by and misses that. So three, four footers, five footers in a row. But I tell you what, I, I cannot believe, and he does this week in, week out, the resiliency that he shows in the long game. It's like water off a duck's back. I've missed three, four footers in a row, but I'm going to stand up on 16 and hit it to six inches. And he, he does it every single week. You just, unfortunately, if you're pulling for Scotty Scheffler, it's very, very frustrating to watch him play. And you can only imagine how frustrated he is having to deal with it every single week. Yeah, it's gotten to the point inside 10 feet. I just 
fully don't expect him to make yeah. the putt. And, and, and I, I would, I would, I would have to imagine, I mean, you know, you're a terrible putter, uh, how frustration, how, how it just would linger on and on throughout it. But you, you, you said it, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's remarkable what he's able to do with the long game. Um, my pick this week was Sahith Thagala. He yeah. really kind of strung me along. He's had now two really good, uh, WM Phoenix opens in just three years on the PGA tour obviously winning the Fortnite last fall for his first PGA Tour victory. I love the way he plays. He's yeah. so creative, shapes the ball both ways. And sometimes when he's out of position, it's more exciting to watch than when he's in the fairway because he hits all these sort of escape shots. I mean, in winning Fortnite, he was doing it. He was doing it this week. And, and Phoenix reminds me of like a Phil Mickelson mm -hmm. who's never afraid to take it, you know, to take a shot on a, Oftentimes, to Sahith's demise. I mean, I go back to, uh, I go back to the uh, Travelers Championship, his rookie year, when he was in that fairway bunker on yeah. 18 and tried to hit it on the green when all he had to do was lay up, pitch it out, maybe make a par to win, but guarantee a playoff. He made double to to end up, uh, you know, missing out on a playoff there. But like, have you watched Sahith much? And I mean, what do you what do you make? Of that, I have. He's one of those guys that I'll I'll kind of tune into. He's he's a bit of a throwback with the the way he doesn't mind shaping the ball. You know, not one of these robots that just sends it dead straight in miles. I mean, he hits it long enough, but he is. He's a throwback. Moves it left to right, right to left. He'll stand there and hook a wedge. Um, I mean, in a, in a way, it's like your buddy Bubba Watson. Actually, he doesn't mind hitting these big shaped shots. I, I know you hate bringing up Bubba Watson at any point, but uh, <laughs> he uh, he does. He plays he plays kind of that sort of game, and he it makes you a fan favorite pretty quickly. You know, somebody that's a little bit different plays the game slightly differently. Doesn't see straight lines. Definitely see cur sees curves, and yeah, it is. It's a it's fun to watch. I, I just think I think he's got tremendous potential. He was a standout at Pepperdine, and I mean, I as we talk about like Nick Taylor, most likely locking up a Presidents Cup bid yeah. this year. I think Sahith is going to be playing for the U.S. team. Like looking at the the European side of Ryder Cups and the youth that they have going on with Obear, uh, Dietrich, Hoygaard, both Hoygaards, and you're, you're wondering like is is the U.S. side coming up? And I, I think you look at a guy like Sahith, he would be a ball to be partnered with uh, in any sort of format. Um, and get, getting back to Nick Taylor, you obviously played the Presidents Cup in 2013. I mean, he's got to be a lock, right? For Camp, for Royal Montreal. I, I would think so now. That was uh, that was actually another the discussion that Jeff and I had on his eyes on golf after he kicked me and stood on my head. Um, <laughs> we talked a lot about the President's Cup. And yeah, you, you would imagine that Nick Taylor, Mike Weir, was a, a big role model of his, a big, probably a hero of his growing up. So I, I think there's going to be two, maybe three Canadians on that team. I think right now, Nick Taylor is the top of that list. This, this is a big event. It really is. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Mackenzie Hughes play his way onto that team. I think Mackenzie was genuinely hurt by not making that team for Trevor Immelman um, a couple of years ago at uh, at Quail Hollow there. I think Mackenzie's going to use that motivation in the right way. Yeah, he's one of those guys that's not going to sit around and pout. I think he's going to use that to, to make him work extra hard and make sure that he's there for that team. But yes, I think the short answer there is yes. I think Nick Taylor is a, is a lock because... This guy's good. I think he's gonna he's gonna continue to to produce good results. He's got a really solid game, not flashy by any means, but very very solid. There's no holes in his game, and uh, he he puts the ball very very well. I think I read a stat that he made 
just under 500 feet of putts for the week, which is unbelievable. Um, so yes, I, I think Nick Taylor is a lock and, and I think he's going to be just so excited to, to play for uh, his captain, Mike Weir at Royal Montreal. Yeah. I mean, he's got four wins now and he, he won yeah. at Jackson country club back when it was an alternate event. Um, and then Pebble beach, the Canadian open, which is arguably the biggest tournament in the world to those guys. Mm-hmm. And then now in Phoenix. So he's, he's, he's winning at pretty big places. I, I think he's a lock for sure. And I'm going to go even further and say, I think there's going to be potentially four, maybe even five Canadians on that team. When you look, you've got, uh, I think Nick Taylor, Corey Connors are both locks for me. Yeah. Uh, yep. You got Mackenzie Hughes, Adam Hadwin, and then Taylor Pendrith, who played at Quail Hollow. Now, Pendrith, to me, he played the President's Cup at Quail Hollow. I think I think Pendrith has not really performed well since then. But, I mean, if these guys get hot, the buzz – I mean, watching Nick Taylor coming down the stretch at the Canadian Open last year, the crowds were massive, and they were so uh, pulling for Nick and all the Canadians that week. I think – I think the international team needs to win this year. And I think yeah. having four, I think having at least four Canadians on that team would just the, the crowd, the fan support, it would, it would probably feel a bit like playing for the U S team playing on European soil. And I, I just think that that would be a, a huge for, for international team. Do you think if, uh, if Canadians are sort of just on the outside relying on captain's picks that Mike Weir will go down that road, say he has two, two Canadians that have qualified, and there's a couple that are just on the outside. And I know, obviously, where this is way down the road and a lot will depend on form. But do you think Mike Weir will will pick Canadians with those picks? I, I, cer- I, I certainly think so. I mean, just for the vibe and the atmosphere, that's why that's why these teams have gone to six automatic and six picks to have the the – the ability to kind of go off the map and pick somebody that's going to, that's going to really rally the team. And the, and I I don't know, I I think Canadians get on well with South America. I mean, South Africans and Australians, you know, and then you've got sort of, it's tough on the international team. You've got such a language barrier between, you know, you've got great South Korean players, Sunjay, Siwoo Kim. I mean, uh, KJ Choi back in the day, I just think the language barrier is tough. So to have like pods, you could have like a Canadian pod and, and, and an, an Australian pod. And, and I, I, it makes sense to me, but what do I know? I've never been. No, on no. A road no you're, you're exactly right. It is tough. It's, um, and you know, I think Trevor Mullman and well, Nick started it, Ernie carried it on and Trevor's continued from there. They, they've done a great job, you know, starting with the shield and sort of that, that's what, the rest of the world wants to play for that shield, you know. And I remember when uh, when we played in 2013, Hideki was the only Asian player on that team. And it was hard on Hideki. His English at the time wasn't great. Um, had his interpreter with him. And there were a lot of times where, you know, he felt more comfortable sort of doing his own thing. And I think as, as the week went along, you know, he, be, he incorporated himself more and more in the team. And I think we did a better job of, you know, sort of inviting him in, bringing him in, and then making him feel more comfortable. But at the time, Hideki had only been on tour for, I think, maybe one year. So didn't really know the guys that well, plus that language barrier was difficult. Um, I think the fact that there's, there's definitely going to be several South Korean and Asian players on the on the team, um, no doubt about it. You know, the, there's so many guys playing really well, certainly helps. Um, but yeah, there will there'll be some kind of pod system, no doubt about it. All right, I, I hate to say it, but uh, Saturday during the lull in the coverage, uh, when the second round was ending and the third round was beginning, I actually flipped over to live golf in Vegas. I was, okay. I, I was entertained. I mean, I was. Uh, I think it was a great call for them playing a tournament 
in Las Vegas with the Super Bowl going on in Vegas. I watched for probably 15 minutes. I didn't think the quality golf was very cool. Uh, was very good, but and the music kind of bothered me, yeah. but it was great. Like you said last week, it was great seeing Rom. It was great seeing these guys play. There was actually kind of a pretty decent scene out there. It looked like they were playing Las Vegas Country Club, mm-hmm. which was right off the strip. I mean, so location, uh, the vibe of that city had to be electric. So, I mean, good on them for 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 doing something different and trying to get in the mix like that. Yeah, it, it's definitely different. It's it's an acquired taste, I would say. Um, it's it's going to take some some getting used to. I, I'm with you there. I, I have no problem with the guys in shorts, and honestly, I I really don't mind the uh, the shotgun start either. I, it's different. I don't mind it. I, I know you're not big on that. Um, I don't like the music. I think the for some reason I feel like the music takes away from it a little bit. Um, you know, I, I saw John Rahm was was complaining already. He was he oh, was a shocker. Yeah, he was upset with some guy that was getting a little bit unruly there and maybe trying to get some guy to shut up while he played. But, you know, the, the fact that you've got music blaring and guys yelling, there's going to be some disturbances out there, no doubt about it. But, yeah, I think it, it is somewhat of an acquired taste. Um, but there will be a lot of people that will take to that. There'll be a lot of the younger crowd that'll really enjoy that, the guys that aren't the tradition traditionalists, excuse me. Yeah, and, I mean, I think Dustin Johnson won – um, the, my problem with the shotgun start is that when I turned it on, I didn't know where they were in the round. I had no clue. I didn't know mm-hmm. what hole they were on. I, I could see it, but I didn't know if they're playing the 14th, if they started on 10 or if they started on one, I had a problem with that. But, uh, you know, the team aspect as well, I think that remains to be seen. If people are actually going to get behind a team, if, if you have a favorite player that's on a team, is that the team you like, even though they have two guys on the team that you can't stand? I just, I, but I'm, 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 my mind is opening up. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a fair crack because <laughs> I, I feel like I need to be a little more fair to the system. And if, if things come together, I, I don't want to have made such a ridiculous stance that, that I, that there's no coming back from it. So I'm, I'm, I'm my mind is now open. Let me, let me ask you this now. I, uh, I, I loved college golf. I really did. I loved the fact that there was that team aspect of college golf meant essentially meant more than the individual, right? Um, I, I love that. And I like the fact that you hack it up the first round, you hack it up the second round, you still have that ability to help your team win the tournament. Um, you know, some guy might be 40 shots off the lead, but he knows if he goes out and he shoots 65 for that final round, he's not going to help himself individually, but you still might help yourself, help your team win that team title. I really love that. I, I, I think there's something there. Maybe there might need to be a couple tweaks here and there, but I think there is something there as far as that team golf goes. And I agree with you completely on the college golf thing. Obviously, for those that don't know, you and I were teammates for three years at Virginia Tech, and there was nothing like it. Some of the most, some of the greatest memories of my life are from us playing with, uh, you know, for years together, and and we've remained friends since. I, I I'm with you there. I just don't feel like on these teams, there's necessarily a ton of allegiance yet. And maybe that's because I haven't been following it too much the way they've traded a couple players back and forth. I I, I'm with you and my mind is open. I'm going to start paying attention to it uh, a little bit better. I thought it was brilliant that they finished on Saturday, not even thinking about competing. And they really got a good break with the weather, the way the last two weeks, they've gotten a good break with no Sunday at, uh, at Pebble. They had Sunday where there's the only golf on television. 
And then this week with the timing of uh, the Phoenix open finishing the second round Saturday and starting the third round, there was like a two hour window of golf. You didn't really care about that. That's when I switched over. So I think a lot of people probably paid attention to it the last couple of weeks. Yes. I'll tell you what else guys are paying attention to some of these scores that are getting shot on this corn ferry tour. I, I know that they were playing a short golf course at elevation there in Bogota, but we saw a 57 and then a 59 the next day. The, uh, the scores that are being put up on that corn ferry tour are just absolutely unbelievably good. And I don't, Brendan, I don't care if you put me on the forward tees at some golf course shooting 57, you still have to get the ball in the hole. And I mean, it's the lowest round ever shot in a PGA tour sanctioned event. So it's uh, <laughs> quite something for sure. Yeah, it's been uh, been very impressive. The guy that shot fifty nine, uh, Aldrich Potkita, yeah, uh, young young South African guy. The uh, the word on him is that this guy could be the next superstar. Was the youngest ever British Ham winner. Um, he's now one on the Corn Ferry Tour, one in the Bahamas there. And uh, from everything I've heard from guys, this guy is a is a name to watch. As I say, only nineteen years old. So they uh, they get younger and they get better as we get older. Wags. <laughs> they do say his name again for me one more time. Aldrich Podhita. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really, you really put in the, uh, the accent there that second time. Um, all right. Moving towards Genesis. Yeah. I am personally fired up. I am on the ground walking this week. Mm. Tiger Woods has committed. He's in the field. I think there's a good chance. Uh, so I'm going to be with golf channel next week and Aaron Oberholzer and I are the two walkers. So I've reached out to Aaron. He's got seniority on me and I, and I, I reached out to him and said, Hey, if at all possible, I would love one day of walking with tiger. And he said, absolutely. That's not my decision. Some of the producers may say differently. Um, but I'm particularly fired up to, to potentially walk with tiger. But even if I don't the field at Genesis signature event, it's outstanding. One of my favorite tournament venues I've ever been to. Uh, the way Riviera sits down in that canyon, and when you play late on a Sunday, the 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 echoes of the crowd. I mean, the the crowd noise just echoes and reverberates through the entire property. Uh, so I am particularly fired up about this week. Yeah, that's a you know as as I said last week playing Pebble. There's there's not many golf tournaments that I watch now where I feel a little bit jealous. Uh, Pebble was one. Riviera is another. I I love that golf course. I think it's absolutely it's it's a brilliant design there's no tricks to it at all everything is straight in front of you essentially no hazards there's that barranca that runs through the the eighth hole there and runs through the golf course um but essentially no no penalty areas on the golf course um what you see is what you get and you go out there and, and you hit it from a to b and if you can do that you're gonna you're gonna shape in this tournament the weather looks good. It's been good for the last five or six days in LA. It does. The forecast is trending towards possibly rain on the weekend, which uh, I, I'm not particularly excited about because I'm going to be out in it, but at least I don't have to play in it. The West Coast could really use a good weather week. Yeah. I mean, it seems like San Diego was a nightmare. Pebble was a nightmare. This week had its challenges with rain on Thursday. The West Coast really needs a good weather week, and it's going to get it for the most part, but I think we're going to see some more issues come the weekend. I tell you what, that's a hard golf course when it gets wet and cold out there. It plays so long that Kikuyu gets thick that the balls don't bounce in the fairways. Um, I remember one year playing there where it was just so bad. You could just get it to the top of the hill on 18, and, and that was 
back when I was hitting a little bit further than I am now. <laughs> I remember hitting three woods and rescue clubs into that 18th hole, and it's it just plays so, so long. For a man of such heft, it's shocking how little power he has. That was in 2015 when you uh, claimed to hit it further. Uh, all right, you got a pick for this week? I got mine. I do. I, I've got a pick. Um, I'm going to go with uh, with a horse for a course. This guy has uh, he's won there twice. One of them was unofficial. They just played Ooh. two rounds, but as one where you're going, um, seven top tens. He's coming off a very good weekend at um, at uh, WM. There, uh, I think shot 65, 66 over the weekend. So, I am going to pick a veteran, uh, another 43-year-old, Adam Scott, for my pick. Um, had to go pretty far down the list to find Adam, but really loves that golf course. Has spoken outwardly about it, how it's his favorite golf course on tour. So I look for him to perform. And, and Riviera is one of those places that I do feel like you need some knowledge around that golf course. There, are, There is putting on those greens is very, very difficult. There's some breaks that you don't see. And I think Adam uh, Adam's going to shape this week. Well, I love that pick. He was on my short list of picks as well. Uh, and I think he got a sponsor exemption, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. So yeah. that's the first two signature events, uh, well, excluding Kapalua, um, that there were no sponsor exemptions. He got one at Pebble and he got one at Riv. Uh, so yes, I, I'm with you on Adam Scott. That's a great pick. I'm taking a page out of your playbook this week. <laughs> 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 I'm going with world number one, Scotty Scheffler finished 12th here last year, finished seventh the year before the way you were talking about the greens and the trickiness of the putting really concerns me with Scotty. <laughs> uh, we're back on, we're back on Poana. He hasn't won since the players championship. I think he, I think it's time. I think Scotty's going to come through this week and he's going to get it done. He's going to find something on those greens and uh, yeah, world number one. Well, the the good news for Scotty is as poorly as he's putting, if he misreads them, there's a good chance that he'll hit it on that line and it'll go in. So it might it might be exactly what he needs where he can't read the greens. But um, you know what? Even if he doesn't win, there's a he's gonna be up around that lead as good as he hits the ball. And he'll probably get you a bunch of points. So you can add those up next week and we'll talk about it again. Well, you got to be careful with your picks in in these signature events. You don't want you don't want to burn like you did. You don't want to burn Scotty Scheffler at the Amex or Phoenix Open. You want to take Scotty when it's uh, when it's a big point tournament because you, you're pretty much guaranteed a top ten. Um, it's funny the West Coast swing. I remember back in two thousand eight. I, I I loved playing the whole West Coast. Katie and I, my wife, we used to travel in an RV, so I would just stay out there and play every tournament. And it was at Riviera in 2008 i was so frustrated with my putting and i I've, I've always considered myself a good putter that i actually got a belly putter made and putted at i played it at riv and then the first two rounds in puerto rico with this belly putter because that's just what the west coast does yeah. to you it makes you question everything you're doing then i switched back to my putter and had some success weeks later but uh i i think i think riv's a great way to end but i think guys are going to be really excited to get on some uh florida bermuda smooth services in a couple weeks i remember talking to a manufacturer several years ago um talking to the titleist reps or the scotty cameron reps and they they said you know exactly that you would not believe how many putter changes come after the west coast 
Poto changes and caddy changes were always <laughs> off to that West Coast. Guys that got off to a bad start, they were ready to get rid of that caddy. And guys that weren't putting the ball well, they were ready to put a new blade in the bag. But um, yeah, you're right that these guys will certainly be ready to get to get on some good Bermuda. That Poe is it's it's difficult. It's hard to make putts on, and it can it can drive you mad. Well said. Anything else you want to discuss? No, I think we've covered everything. Um, I think you're going to have a, a really fun week. Anytime Tiger's in the field, I think it adds that much to it, obviously. Um, first time we've got to see him play since uh, since he played the father-son there with Charlie. And uh, you know what? I, all I'm hoping for is the, those first couple rounds, there's less of a limp. I'm just hoping that there's very little limp in that gate. I think he's always going to have a, a slight limp, but I'm just hoping that it's less than it has been. Yeah, and it, it certainly is going to be a barometer for the rest of the year, as it was last year. It turned out he played, made the cut at Riv and then played Masters with Drew, and that was basically all we saw from Tiger. So uh, I'm hoping, like you, that would be great if we could if we could just see him a little bit more often. The game of golf would be in a better place. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, well, you have fun out there, Wags, and thank you for everybody for listening. Uh, this is always a lot of fun for us, and we'll see you guys soon. 